I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I am still up uh, 20 grand from this last time I stick it in. Well, let's see. I meet Bobby Riggs, who's a Hamilton tennis champion, playing ping pong with a skillet. I meet Eva Knievel playing golf with a bow and arrow. The arrow was my ball. And I'm the guy that bet he could make a cat pick up a Coke bottle and put it on top of a building. So I'm glad you wrote down all your stories. Um, you got it fixed up? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah close enough. Yeah, that'll do. Um, so like I said, I thought we'd start with uh, a favourite poker story. You, and you'll remember the night instantly, so I want to get your view on it. No, not that one. Okay, thank goodness for that. It was a night at Crown, just playing normal poker, and it's just one of those nights where things are working, you know, things are going the right way, and I think you were up oh, three or four hundred, and I'm up a couple of hundred, and you're looking for ways to entertain yourself. And um, we've got some lad who's come in wearing a suit and tie. It looks like the first time he's ever worn a suit and a tie. Um, just giving away money. Just could not give it away fast enough. And then he runs off to the bathroom. And, yep, you remember? Yeah, this is a story I know. Um, I, I still do it to people now. Yeah. I inadvertently <laughs> point it out to people and no one has any idea what I'm saying. But, I, but it entertains so, me. So he goes off to the bathroom and we're like, yeah, off to yeah. the ATM. <laughs> Get some more. So Doug's is up more than me at this stage. He goes, oh, yeah. I'll give you 25 bucks if you say it to him. He comes back. I'm like, of course, I would have done it for free. Yeah. <laughs> so he comes back. And I go, mate, mate, hey, just wipe some off. He's like, what? And Doug's just got... <laughs> you got some in the corner of your mouth. Your mouth. Yeah, surely everyone there knew what was going on. Did you get everyone in the table in the joke? I didn't care. Doug's knew. That was all I cared. <laughs> even now, even now it. when I'm playing and people get felted and go back, say, look it up and wander off, yep. come back five minutes later. Straight to the toilet. I, I always tell people they've got a bit in the corner of their mouth and they yeah. have to dust away. <laughs> from that night. So anyway, um, I think that actually started me off on that night because I was about even, which is why I'm like, oh, great, you're paying me 25 bucks to make a joke that I would have done for free. Um, and then I got up uh, a couple of hundred, who knows. Um, and then we're walking out to get to the car. And we remember we seen him coming back the other way? We, I like, don't remember hey, this. Don't... Okay, he's a slightly portly bloke, but... Right. Um, Red as just yep. beetroot red, and we, so I think you call it a Mr. Piggy or something like that. At the Surely table. not, because he was pink as <laughs> anyway. As we're leaving, we see him walking along like forlorn, and you know, because he's obviously done his dough. And Dunks is going, Oh, there he is. I wonder what he's doing. Like said, he's like, My house was here, it was made of straw. <laughs> is that my underwear? <laughs> And they just capped off a brilliant night for us at Crown. Yeah, yeah. I still that's the best night I've had at the tables. I, I, as I say, I still do, the, I still make those remarks to <laughs> people coming in now. And it's just the others just they just don't understand. Well, especially when you're sitting there for you know six to eight hours at a poker table, you've got to find who's in your same sort of. You want to entertain yourself, but you got to know who's the people we are. I wouldn't mind hanging with that one. This guy, fuck that guy. I'm taking his money. <laughs> <laughs> and so throwing out something like that, you know, right, this guy, yep, he's my sense of humour. He's the one that I'm going to be teaming up with at this, this table. It's, you make friends really quickly, don't you? Even the guys yeah, yeah. are taking money off. 
Yeah, you do. You, some people you do. Some people are not interested in the slightest. Yeah. You make an effort and you get you get cold, cold shoulders. Yeah. yeah, and I think that just spurs me on to give them shit. Yeah. <laughs> just try and get a response. Yeah, these you're playing one dollar, two dollar as well with glasses and iPod in, yeah. act, acting like a <laughs> hood, hood, hood up sunglasses, <laughs> big Dre Beats headphones. Yeah, one, one two eighty dollars buy in with a twenty dollar rake. Yep. Yeah, you're a professional. You Next see them raise and they're like clicking their mouse. Like, oh shit. <laughs> Next stop, million dollar drop. <laughs> so anyway, the reason we got here is, um, and especially because Duncan is, because when you were working at Crown in the mahogany room, I think every fucking Monday at work, Duncan used to bother me like, got any more stories? Yeah. Got any more stories? I loved your stories. Obviously, yeah, exactly. I loved your stories, particularly when they're named pros or high stakes rollers. I've seen them on TV. <laughs> yeah. And especially, the worst thing is, um, we did our Brownlow Metal podcast and a few came out. Then I forgot that there's probably legal consequences for naming names and, <laughs> and giving out specific details. So, so at this stage, obviously, it's just you heard through a third party and you can't verify its, uh, well, its truthfulness, right? Yeah, well, I, I kind of think... The I don't third think, party was his eyes. Also, yeah, and also, <laughs> I just think that there's, you shouldn't be able to... It shouldn't be illegal to tell the truth. So I think, I think the truth is... A, if you're going to be a, a cunt in there... Because no one's there to find out. Well, there's someone like me around there who's going to call you out on your bullshit. So, it sucks with them cuts. <laughs> Truth is a defence. Um, and public... What's it called? When the public needs to know or has a right to know or uh, something like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. public interest. Public yeah, interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, there are also confidentiality, confidentiality agreements signed and all that kind of shit. But, well, you know, what's the worst just, that can happen? They can't fire you. You're not working there anymore, Exactly. Right? And, I mean, and everyone from the public I've met is definitely interested. Proof? <laughs> 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 they get real good. So yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Pick a random one. This is, it's hard to start off. Well, all right, I'll start you off then. Yeah. Um, Phil Ivy. That's exactly what I'm we started. And I'm not going to steal yeah. your stories, but I do relay your stories as my own. Phil, <laughs> I, Phil Ivy gets a regular mention. Good, good. I'm all for people relaying these stories their own and appropriate them. I'm all about you know. As long as they make them better. Yeah, exactly. They've got to be a bit better. Um, Sprinkle a bit of salt on it. Things I got the like the whole Phil Ivy story, which is funnier but it doesn't involve anything to do with gambling it's about uh, the night before and how, how what state I was when I rocked up to work uh, so, I, I thought you meant the whole Phil Ivy story I thought you meant the one in London oh no 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 yeah well, actually we'll start off with um, Bill um, League yeah Bill League that's his name Bill League <laughs> Phil Ivy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's Ivy League <laughs> so Bill so I'll start from like the night before that was the first time the first time I went out with my now girlfriend was the night before that and I remember she was a waitress at, in Mahogany Room and some of the waitresses were going out for a night and obviously most of the waitresses there are Asian so she's like oh no some of the waitresses going out do you want to come out with us I was like yeah alright all right. and I said just tell me where you're going to be and whatever I'll meet you up there or, or whatever and um, they'll go into seven nightclub they had like Asian night or something so I'm like alright I'll meet you there whatever I met up with the girls and obviously the mahogany waitresses are pretty good looking and so there's a huge lineup, and I'm thinking well we should be straight in shouldn't we I mean, <laughs> be with all the girls the good looking ladies and so they kind of come in go to the front yeah you guys come in gets to me stop <laughs> starts getting the pat down I'm like dude I'm the only white guy at Asian night like what shit am I going to cause here <laughs> that's exactly the problem <laughs> but the thing is if I do anything wrong they're going to go it was the white guy <laughs> I'm an easy person to find <laughs> so I'm like alright so I'm like this is it so I rock up in there the advantage of that is that I can see everywhere and so I'll lose the girls to the crowd like, like, oh, yeah, they're all quite yeah, yeah, yeah. everywhere just standing over the top of the crowd yeah. like, seven foot and they're like banging R&B playing or whatever else you can't hear anyone talk and um, one of my girlfriends the other waitress goes to, to me do you want to go to the coke room? I'm like, huh? do you want to go to the coke room? I'm like, 
fuck yes I want to go to the cocoon like no wonder Asian night doesn't let anyone else in man they got this shit sorted out so I'm like sweet so we go around there's like this little stair- staircase so like around the corner there. so I go around to the staircase she's like take your jacket off I'm like yeah this is, this is it it's cocoon sweet they start stuffing their handbags and shit into my sleeves of my jacket and I'm like oh cloakroom cloakroom like, fuck <laughs> So anyway, the time has come to go home. Turns out my girlfriend was driving her ex-boyfriend Skyline. <laughs> drove it there. And so we get out she there. Has a type. Yeah. And we're like, all right, I'll catch the taxi and catch the taxi home. She's like, no, nah, it's all right, I'll drive. I'm like, you're not fucking driving, man. <laughs> we're hammered. <laughs> and so I walk down to St. Kilda Road to try and get a taxi. Next minute, she pulls up next to me. <laughs> like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> Jump in. <laughs> and I get home. And the thing is, when you work at casinos, because they've got lots of staff and it all depends on how many players are in there, you have tables that are open and close. And what they'll do, if you've got too many staff left over, they'll send people home. And yep. none of the dealers generally want to work. So you write your name down in a book. It's called the early out list. And so as tables shut or they've got too many staff, because they roster extra staff on to cover sick leave, because sick leave is huge, like massive. It's the biggest problem they've got. And um, if not as many people call in sick, then they'll go through the list and they'll send those people home early. Yep. And so I'm like, and for day shift, the earliest you can put your name on the list is at 10 a.m. And so people will rock up there, you know, 5 to five to 10, just to put the name down on the list and get out early. Uh, me being hammered, I was like, all right, fuck, I'll get up early, put my name on the list. Didn't hear my alarm. I've woken up at some random place in Noble Park. And I'm like, where the fuck am I? I'm looking at my clock going, shit, oh, that's right, I'm... I don't have a car. What the fuck am I going to do? So, right, your girlfriend's got a skyline. That's exactly right. You've got four and a half minutes. She's got an ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend skyline. <laughs> so, I'm on my nose. Fuck! Trying to get out for the early out list. So, eventually, I get to work. I look at the early out list. I'm like, number fucking six or something, which for day shift is not good. Like, you know, six o'clock earliest, probably you're getting out. And um, in the old mahogany room, before it got renovated, you had, um, if you walked in the glass doors, you could go to the right and there was the Baccarat tables on the left-hand side and the right-hand side, there was some roulette tables and um, a couple of Baccarat tables behind dividers. It was called Pit 28. And that roulette, roulette in there was a $10 and a $25 back-to-back, I think. And so if you're on the $25, you do fuck all, all day. And so I've got set up there. And I'm like, sweet, this is, my, this is my area. I'm on the out list. I'm not doing nothing. I'm awesome. <laughs> Yeah, but with a major hangover behind you, probably exactly. like like pedophile on a yeah. playground. Like, well, you know, you got the air vents. I've got mine flat out and I'm just <laughs> over the top of it. And um, in front of there was actually a salon. Like, the salons are the private rooms, for those who don't know, where um, the yeah, VIPs will play. And this one was Pit 29. And it just so turns out that's where Phil was playing. And um, in order to deal in the private rooms to obviously the highest games, you've got a, a certain codings for dealers and so, nine coding is the highest. I, I've just realized, we should explain in case anybody doesn't know, Phil Ivey is probably... The Tiger Woods of poker. The Tiger yeah. Woods of poker. Yeah. And it's not just because he's black, it's because he's black. One of the best in the world. He's, yeah. And looks ge- like him. He's generally <laughs> considered to be the best all-round player ever. Even ever. though he's not won the most bracelets, no, but, yeah. he's the most feared When it comes to player. cash exactly. games, he's the man. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, and definitely. And so I was only eight coders, so I'm not qualified to deal in salons. And I'm like, all right, sweet. I'm going to sit here, wait till my early out. It's going to be a cool day. And then I see Phil Ivey walk past. He's been playing golf. I was like, fuck, man, Phil Ivey. He was like my favorite poker dealer, poker player. You know, I was like, sweet, yeah, cool. You know, see him going to his salon. And um, next minute, someone comes up and taps me on the shoulder, another dealer. And I was thinking, early out already. Fucking <laughs> out. I'm like, sweet. And uh, the pit boss at the time was actually my trainer when I started there. Because I actually first trained in Adelaide and then went to Crown. And so uh, as an experienced dealer, you just have a refresher course. It's like a few different procedures. How long were you a dealer for? 
Um, in Adelaide, I was a dealer for two years, and I worked for about seven years in Melbourne. So okay. about nine, ten years, you know, give or take some change. Um, so he was a pit boss to tell him. He's like, Brenton, just walk around spare for a while. And a lot of times they'll just do that if they like you and you've been doing fuck all. And if they don't want to make someone they don't like go around and do fuck all day, they'll put them on a table that's like a $50 buck or something, make them work their nuts off. <laughs> so I was like, oh, cheers, Freddie, man. That's good. Yeah, I'll probably be going out. I'll probably, probably sneak out. And um, it turns out Phil's requested a new dealer. And obviously the first people to go to were the spares. And I'm eight curd. I mean, I'm sweet. And so Freddie's like, Brenton, yeah, come with me. Um, you got to go into the salon. And I'm like, Freddie, I can't, mate. I'm only eight-coded. He goes, congratulations, Brenton. You're now nine-coded. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Like, oh, oh, I'm not prepared for this, man. Because obviously you got commission. And for those that don't know, the dealers in Baccarat, in um, the big Baccarat, you'll take 5% commission on the banker. And you've got no calculators. So they can bet $277,300. And you've got to work out what three, 5% of that is, take it out of the bet, and then make the correct payout in like that. And so, not a good first time, <laughs> hungover on not much sleep going in there. And in this, in this salon, it had like huge floor-to-ceiling double doors that were mahogany, I'm guessing. Fuck knows. And real heavy. So, I pull these doors open and I walk in there and he's got his back to me at one of the far tables. And straight away, he just whips around and just looks at me and goes... <laughs> and just gives me the stare. And I'm sort of like... And for anybody else, the Phil Ivey stare exactly. is famous. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and so I'm just like, oh, sort of looking, yeah. shrug my shoulders, I turn around, walk out. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Freddie, he doesn't want me. He's like, all right, just go jump on the on the back right table. And so, all right, on the um, roulette table that I was already on. So, all right, sweet. Jump on there, and um, new dealer, this Asian chick, Cindy, goes in there. She's dealing, he seems pretty happy. And they come out, I get another tap on the shoulder, I'm like, early out, maybe? <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, Phil said, bring me that other dealer. I was like, fuck. And so I walk in there, he's just got a hiding. And the thing is, I've heard stories about him at a poker table, completely different to what my experience is at a Buckeye table. But the first thing, like, I was looking disheveled, bloodshot eyes. First thing he turns around and looks at me and goes, who the fuck cut your hair, man? <laughs> and I'm like, no one, man. That's the point. So that's long. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I walk down and I'm sitting down there and he plays playing player because he doesn't like playing banker because fucking why not? Why not? Yeah. And he's like, uh, pass the cards out to him and he's like, yeah, just, just turn the cards over, man. I'm like, all right, so I turned the. So he doesn't want to sweat over. or anything. Just nah, wants, doesn't just want to sweat. Quick gamble. Just, quick. He wants to squeeze for the win. Yep. Me, I'm hungover as fuck. And so I pass this card out. Dude, just turn them over, man. Just don't even worry. Hold them. Turn them over. Oh, yeah, just turn them over. Yeah, turn them over again. Yep. Next hand. Turn them over. Fuck. He's like, dude, I fucking told you how many times. Just turn them over. And he's like, <laughs> are you fucking high? Like, look at your eyes. You're a fucking stone, man. That's so obviously they're just copping it. And the thing is, every other dealer that he hated, he just kick him out. Just like give him a spray and just, there you go, new dealer. Me, man, he just sat there and fucking blasted me the whole time. And I'm hungover as fuck. And then like he goes on a, I'm somebody, my time to go on a break. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to break. He's like, yeah, go smoke another fucking joint, man. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So coming back. And um, as that was uh, about six o'clock, the craps table opened up. He loves playing craps. And so he'd go out there, play craps, then come back in and play Baccarat. But the thing is, I always give him a fucking hiding. And he'd go out, he'd play craps, make like, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, come back, and I'd just take it off him in a few hands. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to, man. I'll fucking, this is my idol. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just being abused and fucking tormented by him. And I'm talking to his, um, his bodyguard was there when he was out playing craps. 
And um, Phil have a bodyguard. Yeah, he had a bodyguard that he brought over by himself. Well, I guess he's carrying around a lot of cash. I I've just never seen him with a bodyguard in the poker room. Yeah, enough. probably around somewhere. I've seen Different country. With fifty k's worth of chips through the food food court. Antonio yeah, is his true. own bodyguard. Yeah, that's fair. fair <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry. true. Uh, I didn't interrupt you. we want interruptions. We let him go where they go. Where that's they go. the idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, up to yeah. I walk in there <laughs> and I'm sitting down. He's going to play craps and his bodyguard. Big, huge black fella. Like, he was nice as fire, man. He was a really, really good dude. And he's like, yeah, don't worry about him, man. He, he's all right. He, he's harmless, man. He's all bark. He's not much bait. I'm like, no shit, it's your fucking job, man, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're the fucking bite, man. Yeah, don't say, you're what, the wrong one. What's, yeah. what's the saying? You don't buy a dog and inspect the bark as you well? Don't, you don't buy a dog and bark yourself. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, but I was thinking, this guy is coming to Australia. We don't have guns and shit here. He's probably bored <laughs> as shit. Got nothing to do. He's like, nah, fuck it. I'll get this little dealer, stir him up, and then I gotta go over there and clock him or something like that. <laughs> And so, after, well, must have been 6, 6.30, it's just been in my shift. Then I started giving him a huge run. And he's like, on the layout, you've got your maximums and your minimums. But on Baccarat, you have a differential, which is the total of the bets on the banker hand have to be within a certain limit of the total bets on the player hand. So, for okay. mainly Baccarat, so he had, he had 250,000 differential. So, if you had 200,000 on banker, you're allowed to put um, up to... 450. 450 on player, yeah. And um, what do you do? He didn't want to touch chips if he won, so he like just just paid out there and just let it ride, just double well, up. So he was um, um, he was he was bothered about uh, superstitious, yeah. superstitious, yeah, 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 superstitious. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh wow! And um, and so he's just playing, just let it ride, and so he's called to the max and. I, as soon as I start giving him all an end, I'm his best mate. <laughs> he's like, you're all right, man. You're all right. And then took it all back off him. He's like, nope, fuck, fuck you. <laughs> he's like, I haven't seen any fucking black people in here, man. You got any black people in Australia? What is this bullshit? And then he's like, I want a black dealer. And then we're all that, that might be a challenge. <laughs> well, we're thinking about it. We're like, fuck. I don't think we've got any black dealers. Shit. So we're thinking about it. We're like, the only guy we can think of is this dude, Dan, who's Sri Lankan. But like he's ghetto, and yeah. like he, he has <laughs> ghetto to like. He, he has a shoe collection and like a formidable shoe collection, just all Jordans. He was like the type of person that lines up for no, Jordan shit. Ahead, so yeah. we're like, we well, can probably sneak him in, you know what I reckon? And so that's like justifying Imelda Marcos coming in. <laughs> he had a shoe collection. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He had a shoe collection. You're too. Is it an Italian job? Most most deaf. Was well, deaf? Was it the Italian job? So. I'm pretty sure it's the Italian job. He's got a shoe room. Yeah, a yeah. Room for oh, my well, shoes. The, the other one was yeah. his turtle in entourage. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah. That's, that's, and he's white. Yeah, yeah. So at this stage, yeah. we're struggling to he's think of people that are black with a lot of shoes, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, and so we're like Dan. He's uh, all we got, so we're going with Dan. Yep. And so we finally someone flags down Dan. We've got him. He comes in, sits down. Starts dealing and feels like, my man, all right, finally, we've got some brothers in the house, sweet, all right. And so he starts dealing. Feels good for a read then. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the worst thing. When you actually deal with Baccarat, he'll stop and look at you, trying to get a read. He's like, dude, I, I don't know what his cards are, man. I don't know what you're trying to find Phil, out. Even if you did. Phil yeah. Ivey, the greatest poker player with the best capability of reading someone and can't tell the fucker across the table dealing that he's Sri Lankan. <laughs> <laughs> and not African American. He's probably close enough for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He gave him a hiding anyway. Then <laughs> <laughs> he's like, nah, new dealer. And we're like, fuck. Who and, else have we got? And the, the spare supervisor was on, the person giving him breaks. And so Dan, he's got up and he's gone to the supervisor, he's gone, I think he wants a latte dealer. The, the waitress has heard him say, I think he wants a latte. Oh, no. And so he's sitting down there 
all of a sudden she's rushing out this coffee bringing it down for him push it down oh, there you are sir he's like the, the fuck? fuck is this shit man I'm not allowed to drink fucking beer anymore <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going oh my fucking god like, fucking useless I can't open this yeah. soft hands see so yeah that's the start of my Phil, Phil stories that was the oh, first time I had to deal with deal with Phil Thank and you. is he still your hero no, no. Honestly, no, he's a fucker he, now, right? Everybody, yeah. he's. I think in um, dealer circles, he's known as being an ass. Honestly, he's my least favorite person to deal to on the entire planet. I remember you telling me a story on table. one occasion of Phil taking a pounding in the mahogany room mm-hmm. um, and asking for a change of dealer, a change of table, a change of yeah. chairs, etc., etc. Yeah. And then it got to the point where somebody was told no more changes. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember? It? I, I know. I remember the story. Um, it's happened a few times, but you so, go for okay. It. So yeah. the story, as I remember you telling it, was uh, Phil's getting a hide. Allegedly, he's like, "New fucking cards." I'm like, yes, Phil. New cards. Yeah. Change the cards out, and he's still getting a hide. And they're like, "New fucking dealer." Yes, Phil. New new dealer. Dealers out. Dealers in. Yeah. He goes, "All right, I want a new fucking table." Still getting a hide. All right, Phil. No worries. New table. And he goes, and I want this fucker out of here, pointing to the pit boss. He's like, yep. all right, we, we can change him, but no one, no one comes out. And he goes, and I want these fuckers out of there, pointing to these Asian guys. Yep. No Phil. <laughs> yeah. No Phil, yeah. What, what do you fucking mean? Do you remember it now? No, nah, I don't ring a bell. Okay. He goes, what you're spending tonight, they spend in one hand, they stay where they are. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you are the biggest fish until there's a bigger one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's before they gave him a private room. Because he didn't used to like playing in private rooms. He used to like playing around people and that. He made him play uh, Baccarat, uh, um, Craps at the main table, yep. but he'd have, he'd have a personal limit. Because if you're a high roller, you can actually have a personal limit where they tell surveillance and you can go to any table and play with your personal limit. Yep. So as long as the dealer knows, and if the dealer's not quite good enough, then they'll say, just deal, get the fuck out of here, get yeah, someone yeah, else yeah. in to deal with this guy's personal limit. So he had that. So he'd be able to rent all the tables and have his own personal limit at those tables. So that's what he used to do. So that can make, make complete sense that there's something definitely that he would have done. <laughs> it happens lots of times. I remember um, another famous poker player's um, brother, Coming into roulette okay. table. That really <laughs> limited. <laughs> you, see, you know who he's talking about. I, I know who he's talking about. Did he have a deep run in the main event once? Yes, very deep. Very, very deep. Yeah. Did he make a complete almost, ass of himself on ESPN? Yeah, can, yes. Can you, can you just yep. pass us the sugar? Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Sorry, Sorry Tony. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so the, these couple of Chinese men are playing baccarat and are playing roulette. And the thing is, they're not wheel trackers. They just put as much chips on the layout as you can and have fun. That's what they do. So I'll sit there with stacks and I'll just dip, 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 drop around all over the table. And obviously, if you've ever been to most Asian countries, they're packed, man. And your general considerations of personal space they're, aren't... They're good breeders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> your considerations of personal space aren't the same. There's, there's no shame in bumping somebody out of the way. Exactly right. Lineups, myth. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so anyway, they're playing, they're reaching over people and that's just the way it goes in casinos. That's just yeah. the way it is. And... Um, so one guy comes in and he's like, push right in and the guy sort of like leans over him to place his bets in things. The ball's already spun. So when the ball's spun, it's just fucking it's chaos. mayhem. Yeah. Quick, yeah. quick. Yeah. It's arms everywhere and... And um, so he's pushed him back and he's going, mate, don't fucking lean over and touch me. You don't give a fuck how much money you got. And the supervisor goes, uh, excuse me, mate, um, we care how much <laughs> we money you got. <laughs> he's going to stay there. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I've got a question for you, Brennan. Yeah. Brennan. Um, with we mentioned Phil Ivey's the Tiger Woods of poker. Now, yep. Tiger Woods is also um, allegedly a notorious gambler. Mm-hmm. Did you have any run-ins with the Tiger Woods of golf? I never got to deal with Tiger Woods, but um, he'd, he'd come in, but he mainly play craps and play a bit of blackjack. I don't I mean, deal craps; I deal blackjack. But I, I remember when he was here, and they were like, oh, do you, 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 "I think he was staying at Crown." 
Yeah. And they're saying, do you think he's going to gamble? I'm like, well, he's half black, half Asian. That's where that, that, that um, affair first came out. Was at yeah, Crown? It was too. Yeah, well, yeah. That the, was the, the, the story I heard, and this is obviously purely anecdotal this without is, foundation. No, this one is actually anecdotal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> was that when he was over, and I think it was the Australian Masters or the Australian Open, yeah, Australian yeah, Melbourne, like and it was that weekend when it all, well, just after that trip when it all started coming out and the security footage from Crown yeah. started yeah. appearing with different blondes following him in. Yeah. But he won that. He was paid a two million dollar appearance fee. Yeah, first prize was like three hundred grand. It was yeah. about hundred or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wasn't much. Um, and um, but his appearance fee was all over. I, I can't remember who the Australian, the uh, Premier of Victoria was at the time. But is it value for money and all the rest of it? Yeah. Um, and he smashed the first round, smashed the second round, the third round. He had a really poor round and came back in the fourth. Yep. And the rumour was on the night after the second round, on the Friday night, he dropped a couple of million in Crown. So that was a little bit on his mind on the Saturday. Yep. And all this talk afterwards was of the value of having Tiger Woods here. He actually left the country with less than he came with. Well, I tell you yeah, what, once um, he got home, he left with a lot less too. Yeah, <laughs> and then he obviously half. got fucking another 500 <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't hear that that specific um, incident, but it wouldn't surprise me if some of that happens because the same thing happened with um, redheaded tennis player. He stayed uh, sharp over. Oh. American dude. Oh, Andy, Andy Roddick. Roddick. Andy yeah. Roddick. He's not redheaded. Didn't he? No, uh, not well, really. Uh, actually, he might be. He's always got a cap on, yeah. with the sweat dripping off the the beak of the but cap. I, I always heard he was he was he's all right. He's a nice guy. He was a poker he was player. Right. Right? Yeah. Him and Sharon yeah. Bova would play poker. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they come in and play blackjack as well in the mahogany room. Yeah. But um, he was all right. It was like yeah, standard kind of jock, more or less. Yeah. So he could be a bit of a cunt when he's tired and losing money, as you know, my probably can be too. So yep. you understand Briefly that. world number one. Yeah, exactly. But before, when he went deep in Australian Open, he was at Crown until like 2, 3 a.m. Before, <laughs> before he played to play that game and he lost the, the next day. But apparently, the funniest thing was when the Australian Open first started, it was on the same time as the Aussie Millions. Yep. And the winner of the Aussie Millions actually win more than Wait, the winner of the Australian Open. Yep. So yeah. someone who spends their entire life like, fuck girls, fuck school, fuck everything, I'm playing tennis. Spend then dedicate their life to it. They sweat their balls off out in the fucking Australian sun in the middle of win- in the middle of summer. You got some jackass who gets to jerk off and play online poker, gets to win more money than them. It's well, cool. It comes from basement of Crown. Yeah. Well, that year was probably Gus Hansen too, I reckon. Oh, yeah, yeah, too. Uh, up, uh, heads up against Gobbo, wasn't it? Could oh, have yeah. been. It was a while ago. I remember that Gus won it. And yeah, Crown couldn't it, have been happier. That was the back of the book on. Every hand counts, yeah. or whatever it is, and he relates. You know, he opened every hand because I'm sure his head's up against Gobbo. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. Rings a bell. Yeah, I remember um, walking through Crown and seeing uh, him and uh, David Benjamin. I think. Oh, oh you were yeah. a big fan yeah. of David Benjamin. Yeah, I remember. I, I he was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I remember um, when the Australian Open was at the same time. The first, the first sort of person where I was went, oh, they're famous. It was actually David Nelbandian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I was yeah. dealing on a roulette table in the, the only Argentinian without an Argentinian name, mate. Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, he, he's a mad poker player too. I got a feeling. No, oh, really? I got a feeling it's him or somebody else who almost gave up tennis to play poker. There's a few of them that are sponsored by poker stars, like Boris yeah. Nadal, Boris yeah. Becker, yeah, um, and there's some poker players that gave up tennis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gus. Um, so it was at the roulette table. There was a time where, for some reason, there was a bit of animosity towards him in the media. It must have been maybe he had something to do with Leighton Hewitt, that spat, and yeah, both wankers. Really. But anyway, he was sitting there. He's next, right next to Will. Got his missus in between. He's sitting on his lap. And um, I'm spinning the ball, and I'm looking at him going, oh, fucking now, Bandian, you know, he's just got a kitten in the media, and yeah. obviously not a fan, just based on that. And he's sitting there, he's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm spinning the ball, like, yeah, get him, mate, how you going? And I go back to, you know, chip up, whatever. Like two minutes later, 
how are you? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm all right, guy. He was the nicest guy. One, really? like, the second nicest guy I've ever met. The other one's uh, James Blake, the black tennis player. Yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. is the nicest guy I've ever met, ever. At a table. I remember watching when he you had heard the story fight. about James Blake. Sorry, you heard the story about James Blake a couple of weeks ago. No, no. Um, it was the U.S. Open, I think, and he was outside a bar in Brooklyn or. Um, Queens or something in New York yeah. waiting for the car to come and pick him up yeah. Yeah. and he was suddenly rushed by security tackled to the ground and arrested Jesus because they mistook him for somebody who had just robbed somebody else down the street a and black they, male and they figured <laughs> black guy wearing white trainers he's our man and they just flattened James Blake remember that movie um, Don't Be a Menace to the South Central or Drinking yeah. Who's yeah. charged with being black on a Friday yeah. night yeah. 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 yeah but that was yeah that was the nice people that I met um yeah, anyway, you guys go to the story. I'm going to try and figure this one out. I'll cross off what I've already got. Yeah. Since we were on poker players then, I thought yeah. my other favourite poker story was when I introduced Duncan to Crown. So, yeah, let's go through poker. I've <laughs> poker. Um, I think because, like, we met a world you're like, oh, I like poker. I reckon you might have played 10 hours of poker in your life before we Quite met. possibly. Close to what you thought. I, I did go to Crown with you thinking this is the cost of a lesson. Yeah. But very mentally in that position. This is yeah. the cost of my lesson. Um, so I remember we were sitting down and uh, playing a little bit, and uh, I think the limits were two, three. And yeah, you that. put out a $6 bet, which is the minimum. And yeah. it's call, 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 call. And then. This isn't embarrassing at all, by the way. You carry on. No, no. <laughs> because I know it's not embarrassing because I reckon I've told it in your presence about eight or nine times so far. <laughs> and you still live to tell it again. Yep. <laughs> I, you know what? I like it more each time. <laughs> I've got one to tell about your pocket fours afterwards. <laughs> oh, I still remember that. Um, anyway, so it's got, I don't know, 12 callers, which is good on a 10 handed table. Um, <laughs> flops come whatever and I think you put out another bet of 15, 16 call, call, call and somebody's got it and you go oh, I've got fucking aces I'm like yeah ducks are no shit <laughs> <laughs> and you're like but everybody called I'm like yeah because you bet the minimum you're like, but I want everyone to play because I've got aces I'm like no you want one or two you know, you only want one or two people because you know you're, you're still fa- you're still favourite but you're not 50% yes. <laughs> you're not favourite against the I'm table I'm the most likely winner but I'm not a likely winner correct yeah so I think, I don't know, eight or nine hands later, gets around to Doug's, 35. <laughs> like, dude, everyone falls. She's like, well, I had aces again. I'm like, no shit. Everyone knows you had aces again. I also remember on one occasion in those early days having pocket kings and the flop coming with two kings on it. Um, and I checked Jesus. and the guy next to me got super aggro and bet. And I checked call to each street yeah. until shoving at the end. And you turned to me and said, don't show him. And I looked at you like, what? What do you mean, don't show them? He said, I know you've got quads. Don't show them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> See, I imagine, like, because I'm not a professional player by any stretch of the imagination. <coughs> I've played a lot of home games, and, and that's it. And I imagine somebody who's just new, you've gone, holy shit, how can he tell that? Yeah. Now, if you were sitting at that table, it just screams, doesn't it? Oh, you just, you yeah. can see it. You just get used to certain characteristics. So I've been playing... You notice the patterns. I've been playing two or twice a week on average, probably, um, since four then. Four or five years, um, yeah. It's probably more than four. I've done the last five years the World Series. Mm, yeah. So I've been playing a long time. And, you know, it's different at different tables with different people. But once you start knowing people... Knowing their tendencies, sometimes you've just so in tune. Yeah, you can yeah. feel and just sense the air change. You know exactly where they're at, and it's yeah. times like that where you make the the call with Jack High. Yeah, with hundred percent yeah. confidence that you're absolutely right. 
Yeah, yeah. I, sometimes it's just in your head, it's like, I, I know I'm right. I yeah. have to be right. There's yeah. no other explanation. Yeah. His um, story does not make sense. And it's, but you get used to that as well. Because I, I remember once we were playing somewhere, um, and I bet in somebody's folder, and I said, oh, would you have something like Queen 4? And he turns out and goes, oh my God, I had exactly Queen 4. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And like he was really impressed, but I'm like, well, no, I just, I guess, I could have said Jack Six. It's the yeah, same fucking same hand. Difference. I just happen to guess the right hand. That's not impressive. That's just well, the other one is ballpark. The one that you do get right, where you can name a card, is where you know someone's open with a big pocket pair, yeah. and it's been yeah. a call, and it's a four flush board, and they jam out, and you go, I know you've got the king of hearts. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. you got it. Yeah. You know, like, How do you know that? You know. That's why I think right. poker is a very like data sort of intensive game if that makes sense where it's about sitting there and getting through the hands and having the information stored in your head and I find the more you do that then the more tune those instincts come where you're almost like it's almost like we're in the zone in another sport or a physical activity but yeah. it's the same principle of some, playing on instinct not on thought if that makes sense there's some poker writer um, who uh, called it thin slicing right um, there's a great story to go with it um, and I'll bugger up the story but it's just that you understand things that you just see them uh, you don't I know why you understand it but all the data stored up there yep. the story he told was I think it was with the Guggenheim they spent um, 18 months uh, authenticating this new statue they yep. went through make sure all the documents are good and just every accountant they had just went through it's good it's good it's good it's 20 odd million dollars or whatever and I'm probably buggering out the details it probably wasn't the Guggenheim but you get the idea it's not the first time it, on this podcast yeah <laughs> Truthiest, truth enough. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what we go for. Anyway, so they've, they've done all their due, due diligence and they put it out there and they've opened up their first day and within half an hour they had four art critics going, it's a fake. And they said, what do you mean it's a fake? Like, they just have to know it's fine. It's, it's, it's yeah. a fake. Yeah. And they were right. It, yeah. it was, but they just saw it and went, no, it's not right. Yeah. And it's that thin slice. Poking, yeah. that's how it came around. As opposed to just the same thing. You yeah. see somebody bet and goes, no, that's not right. That doesn't make sense. Until, until you start yeah. value-owning yourself. <clears throat> Because yeah. yeah. the, the next yeah. stage of reading exactly. somebody f- with absolute clarity is talk is convincing yourself with, with and then start ignoring the other bits of information. Yeah. Yep. And then you start making really stupid plays and really stupid calls and make yourself look a complete tit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's bad enough when you make a, a bad call or a bad bet at a poker table. The worst thing for me is I can feel myself going red with yep. embarrassment. <laughs> and that's really oh, fuck fucking up, hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell the Pocket Four story. Because so, I can remember it. I want to see how good so my So my recollection is. of the, the Pocket Four story, I can even remember which table it was. I think I it was table say. three, which right used, near the ramp. To, used to be next to the, the disabled ramp to yep. get up to the bar before uh, that bar went through a few other iterations. Um, so we're in that little cubby, which was notorious for never getting drink service. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, it was a fun table too, that never. night. It was a fun table. Yeah, it was. But there was a piss kid on it. He was extremely drunk. He was... Um, I'm sure it's probably his 18th birthday um, and he's you've bet and he's three bet and everyone else has called and you've demonstrated extreme discipline by folding your pocket fours because you know he's got aces it was um, yeah it was, you, you were highly confident he had aces and you're like you know I know I'm beat I'm throwing them away and as soon as the flock came down with at least one four possibly two fours um, the kid jams out a turn he's shaking like He's shaking like the Titanic, you know. He's he's all over the place, um, and you knew you knew exactly where he was. He couldn't get his chips in quick enough, and you were kicking yourself for a week because uh, the implied uh, odds. The, the implied kicking yourself for a enormous. week. I can remember even more details about that hair. That's how much okay. it stayed with me. All the action was pre-flop, and I was um, under the gun. 
He was um, at, in the cutoff. He was, your, he was to your left, wasn't he? To my no, right. He was like three seats to my right. Okay. So he was, I don't think he was the button. So under the, uh, cutoff cut off is the one next to the button. So he's second last to act. Um, the you know, cars are dealt and I've got pocket fours. And I've gone to put, I think there's a bet in front of me. So I might not have been. Anyway, so I think the bet's like 10 bucks. And I've gone to bet, put my call. Yep. I'm just set mining. And he's gone 30. I'm like, Dude, that's way out of turn. <laughs> like, he's just got, he may as well have said, I've got aces. Well, he did. <laughs> no. He he to another bugger so, the table. That's what it sounded exactly like. Exactly right. That's all I heard was, I've got aces. This was, like, you were thinking to yourself, this reminds me of Duncan. The first <laughs> <time>. <laughs> so I look at my pocket force. I'm like, well, he's got aces. I've just saved himself 10 bucks. Anyway, so it gets around to him like, okay, now you bet 30 and you get two or three callers and the flop comes jack 4-4. Four, four. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, it's not his turn to act and he's gone all in, like 200 bucks and I've got him covered and I'm sitting there and I just look at dunks. Like, you know, they settle him down, say, no, you just wait. Yeah. Check, 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 check. 200, fold, 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 fold. And, and then he, he's, he's gone, ah, see, yeah. I had aces. I'm like, yeah, no fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. I look at Dunks. Dunks is going, I'm, I'm going to go for a cigarette. I'm like, I'm fucking going too. <laughs> <laughs> I remember nobody at the table believed me. Would it, would it hurt if I told you now that that was one of the highlights of my poker career? <laughs> <laughs> I read him perfectly. You did. I did everything right. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I did everything right. You actually right. didn't look at the implied odds. <laughs> Maybe. Which were fucking enormous. <laughs> they were post-flop. Which was his entire stack. And the other caller's money. What I didn't get was, when it, like, I went, nah, I've got to, I've just got to walk away for a minute. Yeah, you were you know, scared. Uh, I'll miss my blinds, I don't care. I'll pay him when I come back. Um, and when you came back to the table, um, I said, yeah, I had pocket fours. Anyone goes, uh, I said it before I left. And the, the other guy said, we had a chat, we don't believe you. I'm like, why would I lie? What, what have I got to gain? And besides, I guarantee you, nobody else had a four. Yeah. Like, how can I be that confident? And yeah. It just, it, it's, it's weird at a poker table that people just assume you're lying. Um, and the odd thing is, and... Tell you the I, truth I, is the best bluff you've got. Well, I, I've, I read, <coughs> Matt Moore was one of yep. my, one of my yeah, loved heroes growing up, growing up as a poker player. Um, not growing up as a child, obviously, yes, growing up as a poker player. You're 38, but <laughs> still got some growing up to do. And Matt Moore's blogs on 2 Plus 2, yeah. Um, yeah, two plus more money awesome. and so on, and, it's, and it was a great story. It's obviously dried up in the last couple of years. Um, but he talks about, at a poker table, if you ask someone a direct question, people are inherently wired to tell the truth. Yep. Yep. So even though you're at a poker table and you are trying to often bluff with your bet sizing and your mannerisms and so yep. on, if you ask a direct question... People either tell the truth yeah. or they don't say anything because yeah. they're inherently wired to tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And the example of you saying, I've got pocket force, that's not a lie. Because yeah. instinctively, you naturally tell the truth yeah. as a human being. I tell my body language told it. Wow. Fuck, fuck, <laughs> like, I just didn't understand it. Like, why would you think I was? I mean, yes, it, it is the, the the odds are against having pocket fours when there's two yeah. out there. But what do I have to gain? And, and why would I make such an absurd statement with the possibility that somebody else goes seven out. other players around this table, so fourteen other cards? So there's yeah. a thirty three percent chance that one of you fuckers had a four. If exactly. I didn't. Yeah. And speaking about lying, it reminds me of another story, not to do with poker, but when I first started... Oh, we're just filling the gaps in between your mahogany yeah, stories. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, in between, no, the first deal, the first job I had was at Ale Casino dealing blackjack. Well, it was a blackjack dealer first. And when you do that, you learn the uh, minor game as well. So you've got major games, which will have a, a difference in your pay uh, pay rise. So up to the three major games. So the majors are um, Baccarat, Blackjack, Roulette, Craps, um, Pygal, and Poker. 
And so you'll get so, paid... On, when you say poker, do you mean poker or like um, Caribbean? No, no. Uh, poker, like poker. Like poker, hold them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Down Start in the poker room, yeah. Manila. Manila, yeah. Those fucking... Greeks. Don't get me started on the European gamblers. We'll probably, that's probably next podcast. Um yeah, I was going with that. Yeah, you say my, home, right, yeah, my yeah. home games so used to be all Turks and Greeks. Yeah, about, awesome yeah. history lessons. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. the major games. Yeah, major games. Are, yeah, those are the major games. So when you first learn, you'll get your one game because every time they give you a new major game, up to three, they have to give you a pay increase. Okay. And so on your first game, they teach you the minors, which will be like Caribbean stud poker and big wheel and casino war, casino war <laughs> and shit like that. Is that yeah. real? Uh, that was a joke in um, yeah uh, Chevy Chase fucking... Europe uh, Vegas vacation yeah, Vegas vacation yeah like war and I I didn't know they really play that they yeah. did stupid yep. Yep. yep well it's back around for white people exactly that's exactly <laughs> what it is that's but exactly what it is can I explain red red and black on the black t- anyway. yeah. Um so yeah so I I obviously we grew up in the country first I've made a been in casino five times I've been in those assholes at five dollar blackjack sitting on 12 and shit like that yeah. <laughs> no idea what I was doing I remember going behind Josh he's hitting on 17 A6 you know. I got this figured out okay. <laughs> and got a two yeah, my, like, my experience with casinos is like casino the movie and goodfellas <laughs> and shit like that and so I'm like man Vegas like, vacation yeah. and like you know, Obviously, people know where Adelaide Oval is and the casinos across the river from yeah, there. Yeah. And I used to live in North Adelaide, like pretty much on just off O'Connell Street for the whole time I lived there. So I'd walk to work and walk home. And so in my head, I was like, man, some shifty fuckers in here. I can't tell anyone the truth. Don't want anyone to know anything about me. <laughs> and so from the start, I just flat out lie to everyone. But the thing is, I wouldn't keep the same lie. I just had a little game where I just make up a new life for every different person. Just yep. see how I come up with it. So much like a bullshit with it's it. It's like trying to pull girls as 18 year olds. Really, my name's Al exactly. and I'm a rocket scientist. That's probably, probably why I'm so good at it. <laughs> the greatest lie ever told. Of course I'll respect you in the morning. That's definitely my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway I don't have herpes <laughs> that's that a war be, you can't catch it twice that would be the truth for me <laughs> lies for her so uh, he's still lying now <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I'm just terrified that someone's going to follow me home and bash me up or whatever bullshit no one ever yeah, bothers yeah, to do that man <laughs> no one cares that much and so anyway this this one people one couple that played Caribbean stud they were a lovely old Asian couple and um, one of the first people that I dealt to and um He's like, oh, his missus was playing Caribbean and he was sitting, sitting behind and he was just sort of real chatty. Like, there were people in there every weekend but not game addicts. They just went in there and had their fun after dinner or whatever and they'd go to go to a show or whatever they were doing. And um, I had no idea about this at the time. There were just random people at my right. table. And so he's like, hey, Brent, now I Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you doing? I always have a chat to everyone. And through the course of his missus playing Baccarat, he's like, hey, so what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm studying accounting. He's like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I own an accounting business. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. You know, what are you studying now? You know, I'm, t- oh, I'm doing accounting for retailers, more or less. Accounting 101 <laughs> for managers. And, so you um, make it up. <laughs> yes. You're yourself yeah. a hole. I, I just threw out, like, general ledgers and journals and <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, where else do you live? I'm like, oh, I live in North Adelaide, like, just off O'Connell Street, which is actually true. And he's like, oh, my firm's on O'Connell Street. Yeah, it's, like, just around the corner from where I live. <laughs> it turns out this guy's a regular. So he's in there every weekend. So yeah, so keep the lie. Every weekend, time. I've got to fucking keep this lie going because he's such a nice guy that I just don't want to front up. Do you, say, the, do you know what the best thing would be if you started account, started studying accounting just so you could keep the lie <laughs> yeah. going? Well, the worst part is is that 
he'd be up more up to date with what my course was at than I was. <laughs> so, um, this is like two years into working at Adler Casino, and he's still a regular. I'm still keeping up this bullshit life. <laughs> he's like, like, oh, you must be up to... Yeah, he's like, oh, so you must be doing exams now. You work a night shift. It's like, yeah, that's not... I'm like, fuck, am I? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, exams. Oh, how quick, fake you yeah, exactly, yeah. And he's obviously knows the course inside out and said people coming through. And it's getting to the point where I'm pretty confident he's going to offer me a job. Because <laughs> he's counting down to, to where my thing's finishing. And I'm just like, fuck, what am I going to do, man? Like, I've got no idea. Frank Abinali, nah. just fucking do it. Yeah. I quit, went to Melbourne. <laughs> you, should, you should, you know, be a pilot and all the rest yeah. of it. I was thinking about it because I was studying at the time international business and I had only done accounting for retards. That was yeah. it. Just <laughs> Accounting like, for retards. Yeah. Like, my, my lecturer or my tutor was so lazy, he'd come in and he'd take a photo of the class. This is before digital. This is like the old school fucking paper box ones, you know? You get from a pharmacy. Oh, right, the disposable cameras. Yeah, he'd have a week's worth and he'd just chuck them in at the end of the, end of the week to his developer and get them printed out so he'd know who was that at was class. His attendance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing he got high a lot. <laughs> I, used, I used to work in supermarkets back in the UK when we still sold disposable cameras. Yep. And the guy in my night shift figured out how he could take a picture on the disposable camera without opening the cartons. So, so how many shots of his dick did he have? Just one. <laughs> <laughs> just one of every fucking camera on his phone. So for a period of months, people would go away, do their family photos of them in Benidorm. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. More the Costa del Sol or whatever. <laughs> the kids jumping into the pool. <laughs> you know, imagine how many divorces there were where the husband gets it and think, why are you why was taking pictures of some other guy's dick? Or the, the wife gets it and goes, why are you putting your dick on? <laughs> I'm just waiting to see the priest walk in and buy them all going, it's got to be more than one dick. It's got to be more than one dick on here. <laughs> This is the poor bastard developing and was like, I've, I've seen this one before. <laughs> it's recognisable. Or, it's, that's my boyfriend's. Yeah. <laughs> he works at Sainsbury's. Well, this is like Bono automatic uploading his new album to YouTube or iTunes or To the iPhone, yeah. yeah. It's like, take this with you. Sorry, it's reminded me, have you ever seen Reno 911? Yeah. It just reminded me of a joke out of that. Um, it's an American satire um, cop show. Yep. Reno, the, yep. yeah, sheriff's in... Reno. Um, anyway, and they, one of the guys comes in. He's, he's all fuck this. Somebody put their fucking dick in my peanut butter. <laughs> and they hands it to the uh, lieutenant. And he goes like this. Opens it up. Jonesy, what's on? <laughs> 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 what the fuck, Jonesy. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, how about this? Have you ever 
dealt to a former prime minister. Is that random enough? Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I have. Um, yeah, Bob Hawke. That's right. Some of my stories are more interesting than funny. Um, Bob Hawke, seriously, one of the another nicest people that I've ever met. But he came in, that's another time that I was spare, and I see this silver, almost yellow wig walking through. And like, everyone recognizes that wig. He's about five foot one. Five foot one, exactly. And I'm looking at it going, silver hair, look at that. It's got to be Bob. Like, like you know that? Bob Hawke, sure. Oh, no, yeah, Bob Hawke. Yes. I never realized he was five foot one. Or he was... He's small. Yeah. Wow, well, I mean, yeah. he's probably yeah, he, he five wasn't... foot four at his best. Yeah. yeah. Now he's he's probably, probably 90 now, yeah, close enough. Yeah, close, yeah. I think Hazel, Hazel passed away, yeah, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. Passed away, yeah. A few years ago, yeah. This is when she was alive. She was just released a book. She was on a book tour and she was I having think, an appearance in Bendigo, I think. I think they were separated. But, uh, wait, yeah, wait, yeah. Anyway. And... um. He was going to Melbourne, going to stop over there and then go to Bendigo because he's getting pretty old. And uh, he comes in, he's just walking around, just didn't announce, just walked in. It's people are just like, fuck, Bob work, all right. Comes out, Bob, hey, 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 what, what, are you like? what are you doing this afternoon? What would you like? And whatever, make sure to take care of. He's like, oh, I just want to play, oh, I just want to play some blackjack. It's like, all right. Don't well, do the impressions. He, he, yeah, <laughs> he, he, called, he called a pontoon because back in the day, he, he's always called a pontoon, you know what but, I mean? Uh, pontoon's blackjack without the tens. Is that tens, yeah. You get paid um, on 21 straight away. Yeah, yeah, I've got a story about that as well. Remind yeah. me afterwards. Well, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, old, old uh, Mr. Hawks come in. He's come in and he's like, "I'll play some pontoon." And so he's like, "Oh yeah, so you know, what would, what would you like it to be? Five dollars." <laughs> it's like, "All right." But he's still trying to make a quid, exactly. But I, I'm spare walking around, and um, like, I'm thinking, "Please do me, please do me, come over Brenton." <laughs> and yeah, right, sweet, yeah, I right, did it, Bob. And, and so like, you hadn't just come in on a Nissan Skyline <laughs> with a hangover that night, though. <laughs> this time, I wish we had had a beer together or something. Older beat his ass in the skull <laughs> no you wouldn't have yeah, well, yeah, not even not. his age um, but he comes in um, playing five up pontoon but he's gone a bit like he's just memory's not there at all and so he's sitting there dealing and he's playing like three boxes and got a private table mind you at five dollars so no one else allowed to play people just sort of watching and he's like coming on oh yeah I think I'll hit on this one and he go alright yep, nah sit go to the next box um, what have I got what have I got back there mate um, you, got, you got 20 there Bob I oh, know, I'll sit on that. Good, good choice. Oh, sit on that one. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, what about this one? You've got the old Tom Mix. Oh, the old Tom Mix, eh? Ah. Oh. <laughs> he's like, hello. So remember you were telling it to us. you like, I just thought he's like pop. Yeah, exactly. He, he started doing all the uh, rhyming slang. Yeah, all rhyming slang. Like, Tom Mix is old school rhyming slang for a six, like yep. a cricket. We hit a six. Yep. And he's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, you got the old Tom Mix. He's like, oh, the old Tom Mix. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, he starts chatting about cricket. You like cricket, do you? Yeah, I've hit plenty of those in the backyard at Nance. <laughs> Isn't there where you're from? Oh, I'm from Broken Hill. That's a good labor town. Very good labor town down right. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I had a chat to him. At that time, I was studying psychology. And he's like... Is this the truth or were you lying and having to pretend? No, this, this, this was actually the truth. The truth. <laughs> yeah, okay. And she goes, all right, Brenton. Well, what I'll tell you, when if you ever need anything, you just ring my offices in Sydney and you let me know. And he's taken down all my details in his book, <laughs> written it down, just because I gave him a good night at a po- at, uh, yeah. Blackjack. So I wouldn't mind Bob Hawke coming on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> all I got to do is ring up his Sydney offices and say, Bob, not quite what you were talking about, buddy, but Love a deal's you a deal, champ. Love you to a guest appearance. <laughs> a deal's a deal, champ. <laughs> and uh, you, you asked him too about the, the infamous... Because he, oh, right. he had a Guinness World Record. Yeah, he had the, the Guinness World Record for sculling a pint. I think it was a yard glass. It was, the, it was no, no, Yeah, he did have the yard gar, glass, but someone beat him. No, either someone beat him on the yard glass or someone beat him on the pint. One of those, because I know all those records now, Guinness don't keep them anymore, which is yeah. a bit silly because they're Guinness. Yeah. Because there's 
responsible. Yes, responsible yeah, service like and uh, yeah. killing people and shit. Someone would have drowned themselves yeah. trying yeah, to drink yeah, yeah. a swimming pool of Guinness and or something. Probably did. Yeah, because yeah. he was a Rhodes Scholar. Rhodes, yeah, at, at Oxford. Yeah, with Bill Clinton. Same same year. He was good mates with Bill Clinton at Oxford. It same year or was it? Well, I don't know. Same year, but they were there at the same time. I, I think that Rhodes Scholars tend to. You know, yeah, the alumni, yeah. I imagine, yeah. is pretty strong. Well, there's only a couple of Rhodes Scholars every year as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very small number. Yeah, I actually went to a uni one. Phil Killicote. So, yeah, that's um, the name. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. Tony, um, Tony Ablett was a Rhodes Scholar as well. Yeah, sure. I was asking about that. and um, In theology. Yeah, he was pissed off there because... many of them. Tony Abbott. Really? We, we've had two Rhodes Scholars as uh, um, Prime Ministers. And uh, Mike Fitzpatrick, who's the AFL chairman. He's a Rhodes okay. Scholar. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I anyway, no, that was about it. So, Bob, if you're listening, fucking hook us up. Come down, son. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to you. But he was a really good guy. Really, really nice. Yeah. No, I remember you telling me because you said, uh, you know, what's the truth about that story? He goes, yeah, it's all true. And as a matter of fact, I, uh, I can still oh, do it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Talking about the sculling. Yeah. Because I hit him up about it. And that's where I started. Oxford College. That's where he actually yep. got the record. And so after that, all those sort of in the alumni always whenever you get up skull skull and somehow that got out and that's what happened with that sculling but he was telling me he was pissed off because some he's like some bastard beat it <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what your impression wasn't good but your bastard is pretty good well that's the only reason why I tried the impression then because I knew the bastard would, that would carry it fucking, I can nail the bastard <laughs> I, I can hide behind the bastard you know? <laughs> so yeah Bob Hawke was one of my favourite um, so dealing pontoon there was, there was an occasion when I was in Vegas um, and with a couple of friends and we'd spent the afternoon getting pissed and we ended up in Excalibur which for those that have been to Vegas is far from being the most luxurious right. hotel on the strip it probably but, was right. once but it is on the strip yep. and it was accessible and they're still ser- serving alcohol and it's you know it's a casino yep. Yep. right <laughs> so we end up at this pontoon table and the um, the, the the croupier was about 50 and was from somewhere not English speaking. I think it was something like Hungary or Romania or so on. Yep. She was lovely. She was engaging. We were a, a bunch of uh, <laughs> we were a bunch of thirty year old pissheads um, playing pontoon. Yeah. And f- literally for about three hours, um, every time we got an ace, we'd go ten, ten. <laughs> <laughs> and she would always reply with, "There's no tens." No <laughs> and then we would obviously reply with fake shock. What do you mean? <laughs> and it would just cycle through. But obviously being drunk, it was fantastic for three hours. Yeah. And she was completely Except head-fucked. Except for the dealer. The <laughs> she was head-fucked. Absolutely so, head-fucked. So you were only joking for the second two hours? The first hour? I can imagine you didn't actually remember each time. <laughs> it took us a while to catch up. Once we catch up, we overtook her. We are like, well, now, this, is, this is what we're doing now. <laughs> what I love... It was good fun anyway. Where you get like young kids who didn't know what pontoon was. They didn't realise that you paid on 21 straight away. Yep. So they get 21. You don't wait for them to give any signal or whatever. You just pay that straight away. And they think they're getting away with something. So they're like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I don't say a word. That's the funniest thing. As a dealer, you know you fucked up when all of a sudden your table's quiet. Right. Yeah. And like, it's less like saying in poker where you have that sense. You know what I mean? Something's yeah. wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah. Something's, up with this. You yeah. sniff. something's up. Yeah. And being a dealer, you know when something just ruins whatever vibe is going on there. I remember this one time dealing blackjack. It was actually on the main floor. And I'm like, you got your first deal, then you got your subsequent deal. Then you start going from the last box back to the first to, to see what, oh, sorry, first back to the last to what I want to do. Hang on, that's all right? Yeah, yeah first to yeah, last, left yeah, to right. Yeah, that's right. Um, so anyway, I'm going around, da 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 da
And I've gone, I've got like a five or something. So people have hit, got three cards. I've gone bang, six, bang, pitcher, 21. And someone, someone in this box has gone, bang, fuck. And I've gone, oh, shit. And all of a sudden, everyone's gone, ha. And just silence. Yep. And I'm like, fuck. What is it? I'm looking around, I'm just thinking, something's wrong. Something here is wrong. I just don't know what it is. And they're not telling you. They say <laughs> shit. So I'm looking at it, I'm like, fucking, I don't know what it is. So fuck, it's not my money. Let's start paying out. So <laughs> <laughs> Val's watching this hand. Yep. So they ring down and said so on. And they're like, come down and like, um, the supervisor's like, hang on a second, the guys. And he's listening to what's going on. And what happened is, I've dealt out everything. This guy on the end here, he's sat on 15 because I've got a five. Yep. When this guy here, and I've hit 21, he's banged the table. Obviously, makes makes a loud noise. I've looked at him. But as he's done that, off the discard rack, a six has popped ah. off there and landed flush square where you'd usually place a card. Yep. Wow. And so that's why I can't see that, but everyone at the table can. And they've gone, wow. oh! And then obviously I think, that's funny. Shut and the, the fuck up. And then the people realize it's 21. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Fuck up. Yeah. So and this led it perfectly. That guy, he's like, well, wow. Nothing. So what, and what happened? The, the on the main floor they'll reconstruct the hand and pay it out as it should be right yeah in but, the mahogany room would they let it ride depends how much money's on the table they keep yeah. a stink they, yeah, they'll let it ride they'll just say whatever because if, if you're playing blackjack <laughs> yeah. you're losing your money anyway <laughs> you ain't keeping your money <laughs> that's a goodwill thing let's face yeah. it yeah it is. No, it, the, the thing with blackjack whether it's one and a half or two percent edge yep. if you're playing um, perfect blackjack yeah. if you start off with a hundred bucks playing ten dollars a hand or a thousand dollars playing a hundred bucks a hand you can either yep. double up or lose. Yeah, exactly. If you double up, you can either double up again or, or lose. lose. Yeah. But eventually, when you lose, you're fucked. That's it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's the end of the game. So, you know, letting letting something like that ride, I think, yeah. pays itself back yeah. nine times well, out of a hundred, yeah. and the positive PR is yeah. worth it. That's why Vegas is the two dollar buffets and all yeah. that kind of shit. Not so much anymore. No, probably but, not. But yeah, but enough. the idea yeah. is the same. No, they do know. have a budget <clears throat> which they use um, to reconcile such instances on their books as a but PR okay. payment. Yeah, okay. So they'll judge that as a PR payment. So they'll say, you can, you can fuck up, but it's our best interest is to give them the money. Yeah. So, it happens in every business. Yeah. Just good yeah, will. Good. Just good let will. it go. Exactly. Yeah. But the thing is, as a casino here, where they've got um, legislation saying they're the only casino allowed, um, yeah. it's a bit with a rot. They're, because they're tied to held. They're held. And it's, what but, the fuck do they care? Yeah. And the thing is, they won't have the same standards as the mahogany room as well on the main floor because... People on the main floor, they don't know the casino they can go to. They yeah. can walk across the road to the other casino yeah. and they ain't flying to Sydney on fucking anyone's time. You <laughs> but know the people I mean? in the mahogany room can go to Macau or exactly. Singapore now or yeah. Vegas or wherever. And yeah. will. And, will. and, and yeah. do, yeah, exactly. Um, just going back an hour and a half, we were saying Phil Ivey had his bodyguard. I just remembered, remember there was that year some of the poker player got rolled out on, yeah. um, on, so on, on the area. It was, they were playing, this was during the Aussie Millions, I'm sure, yeah. and they had a high stakes cash game. Yeah. Um, and they had it at the table closest to the car park entrance Jesus and I think it was you know after they've been playing for four hours well, someone said you know it's two million dollars on the table and someone said why is there two million dollars on the table that's closest to, to the, the entrance door. there yeah. and they all kind of went oh, as yeah. it dawned on them and I think that's when they started putting it upstairs and yeah, yeah. 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 Remember he, did, he, he went down the arrow and he got rolled yeah he was staying so. at Crown Plaza he was yeah. an American guy and I, I'm guessing that he's Booked Crown, not realizing that Crown isn't Crown. Crown, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah so yeah. it was just a little walk. So apparently someone sussed it out. And it the thing is, he was coming back the next day. There's no reason for him to take the cash home. He could have kept that as a deposit in the, in the casino. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the lesson you learn. Don't yeah. ever take cash out of there. That happened to Chris Money, uh, to Greg Raymond as well, right? Remember, he, he was, was saying in, he got followed and he said, I'm not going in this room. Uh, New Jersey or 
New Orleans yeah. or something. He got followed back to his room. No, he, I think he turned around and belted one of them. It was. It was. I'm pretty sure it was Raymer. Not yeah, Raymer. Yeah, Raymer. Yeah, definitely Raymer. Yeah, because I remember he said there was two two people, and he heard him, and he just said, "If I go into this room, I'm dead." Yeah, and he just yeah. said, "I'm not going into this room." And it, his room, he said, "If I go in there, I'm dead." And he just pushed them or shoved them yeah. or belted them and got got away. I don't suppose yeah. he would have run away. I can't <laughs> <laughs> not fossil man. It's not a spell <laughs> but uh, especially with poker, it's not a um, huge money maker for the casino. It's more a marketing thing. Yeah, crowns always. Tr- you take a rake, and that's pretty much it. I mean, you have your seat. They charge you a seat. Not anymore. Uh, yeah, five dollars sit down, but there's yeah. no hourly, um, oh, okay. no hourly at low stakes, yeah. at higher stakes for it. But you know, the theory is if you've got poker players coming through the joint, yeah. those that win fuck off home, and those those that lose fuck off home, and those that win might walk past a blackjack table exactly. and drop a couple of hundred dollars or yeah. a couple of hundred thousand if you feel Ivy. Yeah. yeah. Plus, also, there's some like obviously we know that poker is a different sort of beast to table games and gambling. That in regards to is it actually gambling or is it wagering. Or is it yeah, punting yeah, yeah. and things yeah. like that? So game of skill versus it is a game, game of, of luck, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, the best example I heard of trying to define it, is it really a game of skill? Mm. Um, is a game of skill you can deliberately lose. Yeah. A game of luck you can't deliberately lose. Yeah. So none of us could walk up to a slot machine or a roulette table and deliberately lose. Yeah. It's just fucking impossible. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, you, you can bet stupid, but you can't lose intentionally. You, lose? you know, because a roulette table. You can go and stick it all on twenty six, or you can spread it across thirty six numbers and hope the thirty seventh comes in. I'm gonna say, put it on, put it on thirty seven. <laughs> <laughs> Chalk. Yeah. Well, that, okay, we've told we've changed roulette into a game of skill. I'm gonna rock up with a chalk, write thirty seven with a little circle around it, and stick all my chips on there, and then go, oh fuck it, when my number doesn't come in. By the way, I'm using my shoe instead of chips. <laughs> hey, in for a penny. Genius. We've now proven roulette's a game of skill. <laughs> I do what I can. Well, it can be a skill if you're a good cheater. <laughs> Cheating is a skill in the casinos. I used to love watching those on the Discovery channels, the casino cheats. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. I remember the ones, you know, when they invented the wand. Oh, that goes the up slots. the, the slots. slots. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, there's a little optical light and this sticks up there and basically it counts the gaps in between the coins and this yeah. can make it so it doesn't see any gaps and it yep. just goes Phew. I remember there was one they were showing it and they're playing the slots and you know they've got the wand up there and they hit a jackpot and they're like oh fuck yeah. we've hit a jackpot means we get attention yeah. Yeah. we're out of here and that's, that's yeah. how they got caught eventually yeah, yeah. yep game of skill <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, don't think I ever lent it to you but I've got a book that Pendulette um wrote it's called how to cheat your friends at poker yeah you've definitely not, referenced it before. it's not a good book um and dubious how truthful it is but in the back it's got um the mathematical tables that's like you know drawing to a flush is you know um in hold'em it's 24 percent in five card stud it's whatever percent if you're cheating 100 <laughs> percent. so <laughs> the last column everything's 100 <laughs> percent. it was good i liked it i saw like his um, theory uh, Penn and Teller in the Rio on one occasion in Vegas. Oh, yeah, awesome. You bought um, me the uh, the program. I bought you the program back. I, I just read it yesterday. Oh, so we you? cleaned out the shed and I found it there again. There you go. The thing I remember most about that, other than you know, the tricks or the piece of magic that they did, were fantastic. Yep. But for the first half an hour before the show started... Um, Penn. Penn Gillette yes. yep. um, is on a little side stage in the corner right. playing a double bass. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. out playing a double bass. <laughs> I'm sitting with the kids, n- nudge the kids... See that guy over there playing that? 
he's going to be on stage in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Loves his jazz music. Really cool. Really, really cool. Yeah, because some of the, one of the bands who are, uh, the big bands that, I think they might play in the Penitella Theatre every now and then. He goes and sits in with them. Or yeah, there's one band that he's welcome to sit in with in Vegas, where he just, he just walks up with his old bass and goes and sits in with them. I think he goes anywhere he likes. Yeah, pretty much these days. Vegas, especially. Oh, yeah. He's got his he's got his mugshot on. Yeah, he's got billboards billboard everywhere. <laughs> I know because uh, the, the theatre's called after them now, isn't it? Yeah. It's the Penitella Theatre. Yeah. I think they've been there 15, yep. 20 years or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he says it's twenty meters from his car spot to their dressing room. No oh. shit. So he that's why he's, ne- he's, he's never. <laughs> he could have said twenty steps. <laughs> They're big steps. Oh, I could say that <laughs> ten. Could yeah. be a long way. Yeah, six, eight, something like that. Um, so, which other um, superstars we've talked about? A superstar poker player in Phil Ivey. We talked about Tiger Woods. Talked about Bob Hawke. We, we did uh, Fev and Warney uh, last week or the week before. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah. Warney's a legend. Warney was a champ. Yeah. So no, hang on. No, I've got my own Warney story. Right. I played against him in some Aussie Millions event. Yeah. Um, and it was on my table and we got into a hand where he had, someone had raised, I three bet with King Queen, Warney flatted, the original raise of four bet, I five bet, so Warney thought it'd be a really good time to shove. Of course. Which Jeez. just makes no sense, what's, well, <laughs> when you hear his hand, it makes no sense whatsoever. The other guy folded and I'd fucking hung myself with King Queen. And called it off. Yep. Two queens on the flop. The rest of it runs out dry. I'm thinking, fuck yeah, I'm home and host. Yep. Warney turns over queen nine and had rivered the nine. Oh, <laughs> to bust me. So he's six bet shoved over two aggressors in a yep. five and six bet Jesus. flop. Uh, his entire stack with no fold equity whatsoever. Just, just one question. Queen nine. Suit? Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember if the fuck around it soon. I do remember that nine on the river. Like Mickey D says, everyone remembers that. Yes, right? um, and, you know, shake hands. I tell him I'm going, I'm off to fuck Liz Hurley. Um, <laughs> um, and then I'm watching his Twitter feed afterwards. And he's banging on about how well he's playing and he's crushing the table. But you motherfucker, you are just sucking out. I also heard in the first orbit of the first level of the, that tournament, he'd busted someone's aces with pocket kings, got it all in and sucked out. And so throughout the tournament, he's, t- he's t- tweeting about how fucking awesome he is and how well he's playing. Not the fact that he's fucking it in three hours on the motherfucking river. Actually, did, did, you say anything to, did you say anything to your 15 Twitter followers? <laughs> no, but I have now. <laughs> and the thing is, especially for poker players, you're almost more proud of good luck over playing good skill. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I should have won this time, but I fucking just nailed this dude's ass to the wall when I had no business being there. Fuck that guy. I'd rather be lucky than good. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's like, you can tell the, like, the level of poker players by obviously how they play, but how they'll talk about stuff as well yeah. and how they'll uh, assess sort of their own play like that. Where it's like, dude, you don't realise that you should have been riding your good luck, not, <laughs> not trying to ride your pretend good skill. Yeah. But, but I remember a few times like playing home games at your place where, you know, Shit's happened and your head's up. There's one at the last time I played. There's um, the other guy had pocket sevens, I had pocket sixes, and we've got it all in. I've gone, oh, that happens. It is what it is, yeah. And then a six hits, I'm like, well, it is what it is. That happens but, too. Yeah, but I don't get excited about it because it's just, that's just what happens. It was, a, ho- it was a home game for 100 bucks. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, it's still could, fun, but. I was it, watching a rerun of the, the WPT in the Blajo from 
10 years ago, whenever, when... That's, oh, that's when, when the World Poker Tour was at its best. When the World Poker Tour was at its best. And this is when... Uh, no, sorry. This is when Joe Hashem won his WPT to become a triple crown winner. And wasn't it the Bellagio? It was the Brunson, wasn't it? Didn't he win the Brunson? The Five Diamond Classic, yeah. which was held at the Bellagio. Oh, was it? There you go, yeah. sorry. Because um, that's where Doyle never leaves. <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. Um, so, and final table, and um, there's four players left or something. And... Hashem and some other kid have got it all in pre-flop. Hash has got pocket queens and the other kid's got ace-queen. Um, the flop's dry and the kid turns an ace. And Hashem's... You can see you can see the anger building mm. up in him. Um, and the kid's stoic. Abs- and he's he's 20, you know? Yeah. Or 21. He's yeah. played in Vegas. He's absolutely 100% stoic. And Hashem's like, fuck! You know, obviously yeah. you can't hear him swear, but he looks very, very unhappy about it, as yeah. you would be. Yep. Um, Although I'd probably survive more if I'd picked up eight and a half million six months earlier. Helps. Um, um, and then the river is the case queen and Hashem sucks out. Sucks out, yeah. um, And the kid still remains fairly stoic and yeah. Hash is the one fist pumping and jumping yeah. into his rail and so on. But I look at that and think it, that, that emotional roller coaster should be the other way around. Yeah. Hash has been there and done the that. The seasoned pro. The kid yeah. is there for the first time. Yeah. It's life-changing money for the kid. It's a tick on the CV for Ash. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's life changing money for the kid because a lot of those guys, they're, they're maths and it's just this is what it is, and it's just well, that's just more money, and I'll just it's yeah. just it's more points, you know, as opposed to cash. Well, that's what they say, right? The yeah. the money is just a way of keeping score. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But in fairness to Hash, now I've nailed him for his behaviour. Ten years ago on a WTP <laughs> rerun on YouTube, which seemed a bit harsh. Um, and it was probably more than ten. <laughs> Um, just in fairness to him, that um, five or six years ago we'd had a home game and my daughter had won, and she was she went to bed that night after beating all the hairy ass blokes in the home game. She would have been nine, ten. nine or ten. Yeah, yeah, she was. Pretty sure we were both at that table too. Uh, yeah, you you were. there too? Were you? Yeah, you, yeah. Yep. you might have even taken the picture actually, but still there to a day with yeah, eyes, actually, eyes half yeah. shut at three yeah. o'clock in the morning with her king five. Yeah. Um, and anyway, that night she went to bed and she wrote a little letter to Joe Hashem saying that, you know, she yeah. admires, she was in the poker and, you know, he was a hero and yeah. all the rest of it. And Faye used to carry that letter, Faye, my wife, used to carry that letter with her. Yeah. Um, and one day we're walking through Crown Poker Room and Joe's there, stood off, not at a table, but stood off to the side chatting to one of the soups. Yeah. And Faye went up to Joe and gave him the letter and said, you know, would you read this? Would you mind signing it for, for my daughter Maddie? Yeah. Um, and Joe read it and smiled and so on. Um, and when Faye asked him, would you mind signing it? He said, no. Nah. Deadpan, no, no. And we thought, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And he said, don't worry, I'll do something better than that. Slow rolling. And he's so much, yeah. <laughs> fucking nit rolled. He nit rolled. Nit rolled a fucking 10 year old girl. <laughs> That's disgusting. I thought about it until then. <laughs> fucking main event winner, WPT, EPT, fucking slow rolling the 10 year old. <laughs> Fucking unique quad. <laughs> anyway, right, calm down. Um, so he's, um, he said, no, don't worry about it. I'll do something better than that. I said, oh, fair enough. And we walked off, or Faye walked off very disappointed, shared a story with me. That's a shame, that's a shame. It's a bit rough, a bit rough. And then it was about four days later, we got a handwritten note from Joe through the post addressed to, addressed to Maddie at home. Full handwritten note with a, you know, Joe Hashem postcard, past the sugar and yep, yep. well done Maddie, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought that was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. really, really it's impressed. It takes five minutes of his time. Yep. But it was worth its weight in gold. And as you can say, five or six years ago, Maddie still got it. 
yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt, it. it's still there. Um, it's 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 it was fantastic, and you know, there's been times in the years subsequently have sat at the table, and obviously Melbourne Joe Hashem, his name comes up frequently, mm. and some people have got different views, and some people have had positive encounters, some people haven't been given the love that they've hoped for when yeah. encountering him. I will always endeavour to defend him. Yeah, because of what he did that time, he's got a pretty good reputation. I think he uh, definitely does a crown. Yeah. I think he was really smart with the way he went about it. Like even when he won after he won the world's uh, the bracelet, he didn't go crazy and go fuck. I'm the best poker player in the world. I'm going to yeah. play everything. He was very smart in getting his sponsorship by Crown and being an ambassador for them because he doesn't gamble yeah. much. Like, I, I may be dealt blackjack to him twice ever. Really, that's it. Yeah, uh, but he really doesn't time. gamble. Doesn't yeah. gamble at all. So we go around Crown, do his appearances, and I'm guessing a lot of the uh, entrances for him locally are sponsored and whatnot. So. I'm sure Crown pays him or Triple A. Oh, he was poker stars, yeah. poker stars for a long time, time yeah. And Wild Wild Turkey as well was it? Oh, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, because I think that was tied in with Crown when they had that Joker poker thing going on or some shit. That okay. Poker, uh, that was the joke, uh, Wild Turkey Joker poker. Something like was that, that filmed at Crown? Yes, the similar sound. That was the worst poker show that's ever existed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Funny thing is, the guy who was dealing it, Luke. It was actually really funny. Like it would have been best if you just mic'd him up because he's yeah. fucking hilarious. Like a real funny he's, dude. Joker poker. Did you ever see it? No. It was four-handed and they had comedians playing poker. But the problem was they're all being silent, so they yeah. they weren't the best comedians to start with. Mm. And the poker was shit. It yeah. was okay. What do I what do I do? No. no okay. If you want to call, is it, I'll try, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll put it out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it was come to learn poker. Right, on yeah, TV, I can't see that being a success. There was no. there was one that was, um, yeah, sorry, that's my trick. That's okay. No. <laughs> there was one that um, the show went for I think an hour, but there was only four hands. Jesus, because it was all in each hand. <laughs> wow, they stretched it out. Um, what's his name? Uh, Doc? Is it Neeson? N- Nielsen? Uh, let's, uh, uh, the Kiwi. Yeah, you know yeah. Who I'm um, Lee Nelson. Lee Nelson. I think he was one of the um, uh, commentators. Um, along Wait, he was uh, Aussie Millions winner. Yeah, yeah. I think he won it like the year after year, right. of this Joker poker. Just so much padding. They had to pad the shit out of it. And every now and then they come out and go, okay, this is a wild turkey bonus hand. And they put an extra 5,000 yeah. chips in the middle and stuff like that. And it was just, it was so, so bad. Um, it didn't last very long, surprisingly. Yeah, no, it was never going to happen. But um, there was, sorry, there was hip hop poker. Once. There was what hip hop poker, okay, which is in in White Town, Melbourne. No, 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 no. It okay. was is in America, okay. And they had a bunch of rap stars playing poker, and I th- don't. I remember watching it when Nelly's I was. Nelly's a big big poker player. Is he? Um, very really? famous Nelly. You know, he goes to the Bellagio and plays a high roller in uh, really? in Bobby's room. Bobby's room, um, Jesus. Um, it, you know, all the pros are fucking yeah. racing over from Aria and Win and Phoenician to to yeah. race into a game. Bobby's room, play fifty one hundred or whatever with Nelly. Damn. Awesome. Um, you say they all like their um, rap. Well, the other, the, and a lot of the DJs that play Vegas, Steve Aoki yeah. is uh, a Half big Asian, poker so. player. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, American Asian. Yeah. That's uh, something, uh, poker table, and especially as a dealer, that you, you know that um, you know, it's horrible to have stereotypes, but Jesus really. fucking Christ, they're true. <laughs> yeah. Like, a stereotype's a good it's, place it's, to start. It very much yeah. polarises it in places like Melbourne as well. Yeah. But yeah. Steve Aoki plays high stakes, and it's apparently... Yeah. Uh, a pretty good poker player and used oh, yeah. to play a lot before he became uh, you know, Steve, o- Steve yeah. Aoki. Um, yeah. But his crew that travel with him yeah. um, play at the high levels with him. 
yep. and apparently they're fucking atrocious. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the, the pros are rushing out not to play Steve Aoki, but to play who he brings yeah. with him. <laughs> I remember hearing stories that um, uh, Hustler, what's his name? Hugh Hefner? Uh, Hugh, Hugh Hefner. No, no. no um, the other guy, Larry Flint. Larry Flint, loves poker. And he loves stud and stuff like that. And apparently yeah. he's not all that great at it. But I mean, you know, he's an old bastard. It's but a, you'd have... a five-card draw. <laughs> cool, yeah. um, they'd have, you know, he'd play and they go, okay, i just got to go take care of something. You know, you'd be gone for half an hour. Game stop. No one's playing. <laughs> right. We're not here for him. They all go sit at the bar and just wait. All right, Larry's back. All right, let's back into it. Yeah, okay. I and mean, he's got more money to throw away anyway. So what does he care? Well, Dan Bilzerian's the other one, right? So um, I don't know if you've ever seen the, any of the Dan Bilzerian interviews on YouTube. I think All In Mag did them. Um, you know who he's talking about. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like, you can't avoid his stuff on Facebook. But no, I haven't sorted it out and looked at it on YouTube, no. But yeah, um, I know enough you should, to... Yeah. You should look at the Dan Bilzerian interviews on All In Mag if you get the chance. Yeah. Um, but, you know, interest in life and all the rest of it. Um, lives the lifestyle that eight, every 18-year-old dreams of, <laughs> but every 30-year-old would be too embarrassed to lead. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of poker, and he's made a shitload out of poker, he, he will openly admit he's nowhere near the best poker player in the world. But yeah. what he was very strong on is, I'm the best at table selection. Right. So okay. I can bring together the biggest games with the biggest fish and be the best in my pond. Yeah, uh, yeah And yeah. therefore, I am... Yeah. If poker's measured on making money, therefore I, Dan Bilzerian, are the best in the world. Yeah. Um, because I, I can organise such a game. Yeah. The, the other story that he says that is just fucking brilliant is he's, he's mid-30s or something now. Yeah. But he famously had a couple of heart attacks. Oh, no shit. So he's an ex-Marine or SEAL or something. <laughs> Steroidism. Um, <laughs> um, he's ex-Marine or SEAL, super fit, um, does crazy shit all the time. And he was out on a bender, and this bender went from one thing to another and lasted about four and a half to five days. Um, and starts feeling his heart go, he's in hospital, his mum and his dad and his girlfriend have flown out to him, and he's, he's with the, the doctor, the family doctor that had also done Michael, looked after Michael Jackson. Um, do you mean looked after? Yeah, looked after. <laughs> okay. I'm like, well, who knows? Dr. Cosby. <laughs> uh, and the doctor says, I've got to ask you a few questions about what you've taken. It can very much Im- affect what drugs we give you to yeah. help yeah. you survive your heart attacks. Yeah. And Dan Bilzerian goes, yeah, no problem. Um, so what have you taken? And he says, well... I may have smoked a little bit of marijuana. (laughs) His mum mum gives him the look of... (gasps) (laughs) And and then he says, and I may have um, done a little bit of cocaine. (laughs) And his dad gives him the look of... (gasps) (laughs) And And then he says, and I may have done a little bit of Viagra. And his girlfriend says, you fucking motherfucker! Watching. <laughs> Tells a good story. All right, you got to send me that one so I don't have to watch all the other bullshit. I can just get straight to that straight one. Straight to the heart yeah. attack story. Because I thought he came out. It was actually a fraud. He actually inherited all his money. He didn't win from poker at all. I think he nah, did inherit a lot because his father did time in jail. I think because he was for uh, bond fraud. Yeah, or something. yeah, something like yeah. that. I think that it's a case of he made a hundred million by starting with fifty or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's well, not like he was a rags to riches. So I would have imagined if he was that great at poker. Probably be about him, this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think a little bit of it's... I don't think he had the fear of losing. Ah, yeah. Yeah, of yeah. course, of course. Which obviously makes a huge difference. Obviously, I'm thinking, guessing all of you... Well, me and Heath. Uh, we've, we've had our bankroll on the felt before. <laughs> well, it's, it's the What's Andy Beal story, right? It's, that's the Andy Beal story of turning up to Vegas and yeah. I want to make the stakes high enough so the pros have fear, the fear of losing yeah. Yeah. and therefore their edge is, is reduced. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
And there are people, some people, especially with a lot of Asians that do that will play baccarat. They don't have fear because a lot of them come from Southeast Asia where they have uh, Buddhist culture. And even right. though they say you're not supposed to gamble, like any religion, people pick and choose yeah. what they're going <laughs> to abide by. Um, so that's why the reason why I loved having a table full of Asian people was because most of the time they wouldn't blame you. And if they did, it was another language you didn't understand. <laughs> so a lot of time if something goes wrong, it's because their luck wasn't right or something else. But it was never... You fucking cunt took my money. <laughs> you know, give it back. It was karmic misalignment. Exactly. Yeah. So it's all like, oh, I fucked up. Where did I go wrong? Where in my Baccarat scorecard did I fuck this one up? Oh, of course. There were two bankers and three and then two bankers. <laughs> yeah, that's where I fucked up. Oh, I'm so silly. I'm so silly. <laughs> and so, yeah, but the Europeans are the fucking worst to deal to because like, they're so unreasonable. When you're talking about Europeans, are you talking about... Um, immigrants into Melbourne or you're talking about during the Aussie Millions when all the German and Finnish sickos turn up oh, actually we'll start off poker players are the worst fucking game <laughs> yeah, full yeah. stop like, yeah. poker play- if you see poker players playing at a poker table completely reasonable can calculate all the odds what are the chances that I'm going to win what, what risks should I take what are the chances that he's going to win and accept the turn of the card and be, be you know composed yep at a blackjack table or any other table they are the fucking worst gamblers, and every dealer will attest to this. They were like, "This one, I remember, like they just can't believe that they've lost because they're, they're so smart." Used to it a lot exactly. Of them. That's yeah. the problem. But the thing is, they're good at calculating odds, and you can tell when you go into a blackjack table. Chances are you're not going to win. <laughs> the odds are not. <laughs> so it doesn't matter how good you are at poker; they make no fucking difference. <laughs> anyway, I remember being in tea room one time, and every dealer will tell you this: Aussie Millions time is the fucking worst time to work. Really? Worst time, yeah. All the poker players are in there, and poker, like, honestly, poker players ruin your fucking day. They are wow. the worst gamblers by a long way, and this is only at table games, not at poker and that. Because sure. I don't do poker; it's only at like blackjack, baccarat, roulette, all the minor games, whatever. I think there's a bit of an issue too with poker players because they spend so much time in the casino that they feel like they're, you know, we're yeah. valued, they're yeah. and they're on home territory. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the casino goes, no, mate, you're a fucking leech. Yeah. These guys that play baccarat every day, they're our fucking. Yeah. The, the other thing to bear in mind is a lot of the poker players that turn up in the Aussie Millions from overseas, whether it be the Europeans or the Americans yeah. and so on, the Crown's funding them. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they want them to be there and they're drawing the, the marketing of having player X, player Y, player Z turn up. Um, so there's a, there's an, they come with an element of, I'm fucking important and yeah. the Crown want me to be here so I can, I can push the limits a little bit. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly, definitely. And. They quickly find out they can't because they're not winning their money off of Crown. They're no. winning their money off other people. And Crown will take like a entrance yeah. or a rake or whatever they do, which is it's um, irrelevant more or less in what yeah. their, their profits are. But I remember I was in Teak Room one time when I was dealing. And it was Aussie Millions time. So whenever anyone comes up and they look like a poker player, generally they're going to be a cunt. And so you're like... <laughs> Fuck, all right. This one dude so comes... headphones, hoodie, sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And you're yeah, going to see... A look of entitlement. Yeah. See, with the people who are addicted to gambling, full stop, they'll just wear trackies and whatever, but they'll generally be clean trackies and a right. clean top. And then they'll have a Louis Vuitton handbag or something. <laughs> <laughs> poker players will wear the jeans they've worn for the last 10 years and yeah. Yeah. probably the lucky ones, so they've never <laughs> been changed ever. But I remember this old Asian lady playing box two in... Um, or actually box four. So second last box in blackjack. Really nice. Didn't really say much sat there. Just putting her money out, betting her pairs as they do and just having a quiet game. Um, anyway, poker player comes and starts betting the box before her, which if you play blackjack, there's really bad etiquette to come and go before someone because yeah, that means their cards. you're getting their cards. Yeah. And um, so anyway, he comes in, starts betting and doesn't sit down, just stands there, puts all his chips down. And you know poker players because they've got fuck tons of 
small irrelevant chips that you don't want in your float. Right. So you're sitting there with stacks of fives and yeah, some ones. All, all the red fives. Yeah. <laughs> and they, but the worst thing is ones. So you're like, what the fuck do I do with ones? And you're right? on a 25, you're on a 50, 25 yeah, or 50 exactly, minimum, right? Exactly. No, yeah. I've got these fucking five, I'll put them on pairs. The, yeah, fi- right. the fives are only good for me at paying off a fucking blackjack. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so what I usually do is I'll make that payout with those five fucking one chips. <laughs> yeah, poker player, man. You know, you, you'll need them. Yeah. That's one thing about a dealer is that you can't be a cunt, but you have to know how to draw that, push that line of passive aggressiveness to where you can you can let this person know fuck you but you legally haven't done anything wrong yeah so they get the picture but the worst thing is that poker players will take the same logic of poker to a blackjack table and so this guy's got 20 and i've got a picture and i've gone like bang ace blackjack it's like ah fucking bullshit i'm like dude it's your first hand like at least give me three hands before you start abusing me that's like my general rule: three hands then you can start abusing me i'm cool with that and so i'm like dude yeah it sucks you know whatever sits back down wins a couple of hands Lose one, wins a couple more. Next time, he's got a pitcher. I've got an ace. Bang, pitcher. Oh, fucking bullshit again. Again. I'm like, well, twice. <laughs> and so he gets up, fucking storms off. This is fucking bullshit. It's sick, sick. And poker player saying sick annoys the fuck out of me. It's like people, people play, saying, winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's like, just give it up, guys. Probably your own thing. Okay, I'll bear that in mind next time I say it. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, it's sick. Especially at a blackjack table. It's like, it's not sick, man. It's fucking odds. Yeah. Like, see this old Asian lady has been playing her whole life? Didn't she, move. Didn't move. It's, it's not sick because I see it every five minutes exactly for the last right. seven years. Yeah. At our home games, we used to have a saying called uh, getting Cindy lucky. Right. Um, because there was a guy there whose name was Cindy. Um, there was once where he was drawing to a flush and he missed it. He goes, oh, I got unlucky. Like, no, you didn't get lucky. That's the problem. Yep. So we got Cindy. Cindy lucky is when you're unlucky not to get lucky. Uh, I think you said so, Cindy lucky. I'm like, no, a few lucky Cindy's actually. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. The whole water. He's Turkish. His real name's too fucking long. It's shortened to Cindy. That's like I remember seeing this guy. He was actually from Laos. 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 Yeah, yeah. And like their names are fucking enormous. Yeah. And I remember looking at it, like just they wouldn't even fit on the card. And like, how do you pronounce your name, man? He goes, Sam. Yep. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Pretty deep. Yep, that'll work. Yeah, pretty deep, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. well, his name's... It's some Irish name, yeah. Okay. It's uh, not Irish. Uh, yeah, Israel. It's, it's, uh, Jewish-ish. I don't know. Yeah. I think his real name's Kasim. And he went to a poker room in Texas. He's trying to you know, put his name down. Yeah. And they're like, Kasim. like, what? Kasim. What? And his mate goes, Freddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just make it easy. Go, All right, I'm Freddy. That's what it's called, yeah. I do that same every time I'm in Vegas ordering a coffee at Starbucks. I'm fed up with people writing the name Duncan with 27 wrong spelling in <laughs> as if I serve fucking ice cream. So now I just say my name's Bob every time I'm in Because <laughs> they write it on the cup, right? What, what? So not only do they, do they get it wrong, but they write it on the cup. So I have to go around showing everyone else that the fucker in Starbucks can't spell. You, you know, there's another store you can go to. You can get donuts as well. They'll get your name right. <laughs> donuts. Donut. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I don't know where we're going. This yeah. poker player, he's sitting there like stolen the lady's box and going on like a loose tapper, just playing. Did you say stolen the yeah, yeah, okay. box. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you missed our innocent story. <laughs> the pleasure box. We'll go with that one. Um, and so he's got up and he's fucking, oh, this is sick. This is bullshit. Oh, fuck this. And I'm looking at him and i him, God, this is fucking ridiculous. And the old lady sitting in front of me, he's got a bet. Just pushed it out. No more bets. Come <laughs> back. The fuck is this? I can't even get up and walk off. I'm like, 
you walked off, man. I thought you weren't playing anymore. I mean, I wouldn't play after what cards you got. Better <laughs> <laughs> like hearing that. Just throwing fucking gasoline on yeah. that. No, I'm leaving. Like, shit, that'll teach me. Who's <laughs> <laughs> next table? The old lady. Thank you. <laughs> and is that if you could receive tips, you would have got one? The amount of times I, if I could have received tips, and only because as a dealer, I just tell people straight up, because especially in the mahogany room where the worst part with the casinos that I worked with, well, recently, was that people have got a problem with gambling, and that's their problem. And they treat them like they're just stupid. Like they can do whatever they want to them, and they're not going to come in. But the thing is, for these people to lose all that money at that casino, they've got to be smart at something. They've got to be getting that money, that money from somewhere. somewhere. Or they're they're got to be, well, that's the smart of something. You know what I mean? <laughs> what did you say? What did you say? Embezzling. Uh, I'm not saying it has to be legal. I'm just saying yeah. they've got to be smart, smart at something. something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they've got that intelligence. But the thing is, to get a job in a casino, you can be smart at anything. Like, you can teach anyone to be a dealer. Anyone. Yeah, it's just it's a monkey job. Yeah, it's just it's repetition. Um, re- repetition. Learning through repetition at its nth degree. Because I remember you saying like with the, um, uh, the training, a lot of it is just um, ergonomics. Yeah, exactly. Because you're doing the same actions over and over again. So it's, you put your feet here. Yeah. You do this action. Because if you do it this way, you're gonna, your wrist is yeah. going to be fucked. I, I, I'm not sure I 100% agree with that, Brendan. Um, Probably right. You know, <laughs> because Crown holds a local monopoly mm. and there's no tipping, there's no incentive for either party to drive improvements in performance, whether that be customer service or whatever yep. it may be. Um, compared to the the bigger casinos and the higher profile yeah, casinos yeah, in Vegas, the, highly competitive environment, yep. the, the dealers are tipped, the best dealers rise to the top, yep. and the worst dealers fall out the bottom. Yep. Well, th- um, but you know, there's no incentive. And without incentive, I, it's this, not going to happen. The, exactly, the other way exactly is, right. though, I mean, you can't, you know, I've, I'm fed up. I'm going to go work at the other casino. Well, yeah. Fucking yeah. can't. No, so can't. I mean, there's only job retention. Yeah, and maybe right. Their too. job retention is terrible. Yeah, terrible. Like it's over fifty percent turnover in the first year of being employed there. I've, I've been to worse places. And the thing is, they they're happy with that turnover because they don't have any. Um, well, apparently, no long service leave. Long to service pay leave. Out. Yeah, yeah, none of that. And so they'll actually try and make conditions worse for the long termers so they can get them out. Yeah, and get yeah. rid of those. Because the thing is, what you get there is you get a lot of people. The place, it's not. Um, you can get away with being not making the wise decisions and not being found out about it because people are coming there and always spending money because they have a problem with gambling. Yeah. And so if you looked at sort of what that company is and what level of educa- education you need to be a manager at a similar company that wasn't a casino, let's say Telstra or say Virgin or Whatever something like that, yeah. you'd have degrees coming out your ass, you'd have experience in whatnot. Coles. Yeah. In there... It's not the same, you know. <laughs> All you need to do has been through that system, which has zero integrity when it comes to education. Yeah. And Especially with education. If you haven't got a university degree, you'll go nowhere in yeah. Pulse. So what happens is that... <laughs> <laughs> You're going down, down. <laughs> They'll shove you off to fucking Bilo or something. Just try to hide you anywhere. So what happens is you get people coming in. <laughs> put my fucking death bell away. <laughs> Especially like many, like anyone you deal with are good people on the floor. This is yep. like level six management. People. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.